most recent Baldwinsville community update. I'm your host, Shelly Hoffman. Hey, everybody. Today I have Brian May with me. How are you doing today, Brian? Great, Shelly. It's good to see you. It's been a little bit. It, it definitely has. I'll tell you, doing these videos, I have so much fun. But in the summertime, you know, between personal lives, vacations, and other people taking vacations, it's been hard to kind of connect with everybody as, as much as we did, you know, when the weather's kind of crappy. So yeah, for sure. Did you, enjoy your, you enjoy your summer? <laughs> in some ways, it was way busier than I ever expected it to be. But, you know, by now, we thought COVID was going to go away, and there'd be less of a hassle at work. And it, it really still is impacting us at work these days. And that's, it's tough. I mean, everybody's still scrambling and trying to be considerate of everything that has to be done in that regard is, is no easy task. And to survive and um, keep surviving in an economy that's still pretty, pretty darn challenging in certain ways, at least, in, you know, in my business, yeah. pretty darn challenging. You know, in, in my industry, as you know, I do real estate and we're taking people into other people's homes. So it's definitely like, you know, trying to be respectful of all the different guidelines and, and what the each seller, because it's their home, right? right? Bringing people in. So it's it's been interesting. I mean, it hasn't slowed real estate down. Anybody that's followed the market, it's it's nuts. But um, but it has been it's had its own challenges. So. Stock is down, though. No, I mean, inventory's down. Oh. So yes. it's just a so you guys are kind of strapping on the gloves and slugging it out for the properties that are available, the limited properties that are available. And, you know, I'm in the banking world. We're competing for a, a very much smaller um, on true buys. Lots of refinancing still happening, but on true buys, it's, it's pretty limited. Right. Oh, I know. I know. People get pre-approved, but you know, five years ago you get pre-approved and you're like, woohoo, go look at all these different homes. Now you're pre-approved and you're just happy if you can find something to look at sometimes. But. Yeah. It's frustrating for the folks that we deal with for sure, because you know, even the, the list prices are just where you start your negotiation these days. Right. And it typically goes up. <laughs> that is true. Not down. So, so I, I know we have a couple of things, you know, on the agenda to talk about today. Um, I'm not sure where you want to start, but I'll let you pick your topic of choice. Well, you know, I think, you know, we, we have a, a little bit of a, a limited time frame today. So um, I think it's, it's most important to probably talk about the things people are calling me the most about. Right. Um, so maybe, you know, I'm looking out the window. It's September 23rd, for those who don't know. And um, we're about to get socked with another ton of rain. And unfortunately for the town of Lysander, which is primarily where I serve, it's been a tough summer. Um, the whole river system is, um, is has experienced damage, has experienced flooding, has uh, witnessed, um, you know, every six, seven years, the water chestnuts get really bad. Um, all of that happened. Perfect storm this year, uh, pardon the pun, uh, of, of tons of rain, tons of water chestnuts. And, you know, I hate, I, I'm so sick of talking about it, but you talk about, you know, COVID and New York state government, it really, and, and folks, I'm getting calls about this all the time. And I have for months now. And I thought it'd be good to talk about because people really need to understand, you know, who the players are, what the impact is, what's happened, um, relevant to Onondaga County government, what we've done to try to uh, help 
the situation. Um, you know, I guess I'll, I'll start with the flooding because that's, I'd rather go bad news, good news kind of thing. You know, the bad news is that we don't control mother nature, right? It stinks. And, and, and those of us who are, who enjoy the river a lot, I'm one of those people, we live across the street from the river. Um, and our neighbors actually, uh, are along the river. It's been a tough go, you know, docks and watercraft and, and, and keeping their, their property kind of safe and avoiding damage has been, has been tough. And I think the thing that folks suffer from the most is, is, and it, it's only my assessment, but it's important that the state has experienced a lot of cutbacks in the past year for obvious reasons across the board. So, you know, um, this is less an issue of cutbacks uh, from my assessment and more an issue of left hand and right hand, although I think it's opposite on the screen, knowing what is going on uh, out there in our community. They're managing water levels. But from this dock or lock, I'm sorry, lock to this lock to this, not supposed to mention the name, but Cross Lake, uh, which has been those folks are We've talked to a ton of them, a ton of them. Okay, you know, point everybody out there. Um, they've really experienced a lot of uh, problems this summer with respect to flooding, and it's been tough, and uh, it's been expensive, it's been frustrating. Um, again, September twenty third, it's going to rain like a mother for the next few days, from the sounds of it, uh, especially around dinner time today. I also heard on the radio it's going to be a little dangerous driving. There's going to be so much rain, so. Uh, heads up to everybody that may be watching live if they are, I don't know, but um, the, the, the canal corp has been contacted. I've contacted members of our state delegations offices. Um, it's very difficult to talk to our state members of our state delegation, but at least getting word, Hey, we, we've got trouble here, but this is all controlled by the New York state canal corp. You know, we can do our best to um, provide influence from our positions as local representatives to, to our community. But it's kind of up to them to get their act together, you know, and, 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 and decide, okay, um, are we going to like, you know, from Cayuga Lake, are we going to, are we going to put the, the level of Cayuga Lake over the level of the river to cross Lake? to the next lock, to the next lock, all the way out to Brewerton. And it's been tough. It's been tough. And um, folks have really kind of paid the piper, but I think it's super important, and this is my message, to, to, to be in contact with the members of the state delegation to try, to try, um, and have them influence a more coordinated effort in managing the flow across the river system. And that kind of segues me to the, to the, um, and again, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Let your state representatives know that this is of concern, yeah. you know, um, and I'll, I'll kind of bring it all home in a second, but, you know, it takes me to the water chestnut piece of this. If I could move on to that. Sure. Um, it, again, it's, it's, I don't remember this was before or after we started talking, but every six or seven years, you know, water chestnuts really go into a heavy bloom. This happens to be one of those years. It also happens to be the season 
following New York State washing its hands of water chestnut mitigation. In my view, as a local representative, that's super, super unfair. And the reason I say that is because we're the benefactors of what happens upstream from us, right? Whatever happens upstream or doesn't happen is what's going to happen in our community. And what we do in our community is going to dictate what happens downstream, right? To our neighbors to the north and west, uh, north and west. Yeah. So um, it's really, you know, it's, it, the state is, as we just discussed, New York State Canal Corporation manages this, manages this. New York State DEC, you know, funds the mitigation of, of water chestnuts. And as we saw this year, we're not for Onondaga County stepping up. Um, that whole river would have been overrun. And then we would have been next year dealing with an exacerbated bloom because more seeds would have dropped into the river and, and um, made the problem even worse. And you talk about property damage, you talk about impact, you talk about quality of life, you talk about the economic value of the river uh, in our community in particular. It's super important. It plays a role. It's part of our character, right? You've got, the, the, to me, you've got the farms, you've got the river. That's what I love about it. You've got the farms, you've got the river going through it. And, and then you've got neighborhoods strategically placed uh, within that area, this, our area. And, and uh, you know, you, you're, you're taking an asset and you're kind of throwing it out um, and leaving things to chance. So when we knew this was coming last year with all the COVID threats and funding threats coming from New York State, cut threats, we said, hey, you know what, let's, let's um, try to find some money to make sure that we're covering what we anticipate uh, will uh, address the, the water chestnuts this year. Well, little did we know it's it's that you know magic year where there's a super bloom, and what we we funded and and again, contemplate this. If this is something that the state has always done and always funded, county a little bit, you know we're you know on Duck County soil and water is is really. They execute on these plans using the funding that's provided by the state. So we um, we found, I think, Shelley, fifty thousand dollars, something like that, at the beginning of the year when we were doing the twenty twenty one budget last fall to say, hey, let's put this in just to be safe because the state has cut it. Well, fast forward to the summer, massive bloom big giant pain in the neck. Everybody's worried. Everybody's complaining. The phones are burning off the hook. Um, we knew we had to do more. We also learned at the same time that New York state had, as I said, washed their hands of the whole thing. So all of a sudden this is a mandated burden to local taxpayers. Yeah. Think, think about that. So now every year, you know, not only do we have to do the work, which we do through again, soil, our soil and water, conservation district, we also now have to fund it. And it's, you know, we, we take funding things like this very seriously. And we, this is now a mandated thing that we have to do by virtue of the state cutting it. Uh, so uh, county executive, Chairman Knapp, uh, myself, uh, Legislator Bush from Elbridge uh, worked real hard to find some additional money, $75,000 to help us 
finish this season really strong, getting those water chestnuts out there. Combination of pulling water chestnuts and also um, harvesting with the mechanical harvester. But what most folks have seen, and we've gotten lots of you know thank yous and, and appreciation, is that hey, you know the county did step up. We did what we didn't anticipate having to do. We found money that um, we could use for this process, and we got it done. You know, I um, conversation with um, some background, so I'm not sure how it sounds, but on your end. But I had a conversation with Ken Bush, who you just mentioned. He actually possibly next in the next few weeks might come on and do a show with me with another gentleman going more into about water chestnuts. Because people like when I came from Pittsburgh, I had no idea what they were. Right. And all of a sudden I'm seeing these big clumps of green vegetation in the middle of um, the Seneca River. So he was great in explaining to me what a lot of that um, was and what was causing it. And he also mentioned, which I think him and I will end up talking about because we won't have time today to hit it too, but there's protected, like the lily pads. If they're inside the lily pads, you can't go in and harvest them, right? Because it's a protected, um, it's in a protected area. So, th so then when they detach and they float down, right? Um, people get mad. They see them floating. They should have been harvested. But I think there's a lot more to water chestnuts than you see just the venting on those community waterway pages. Um, yeah, so I'm you know, glad you talked about it because I think it's important to get the information out to people. It's an invasive species. That's the first thing you need to know. The second thing you need to know is that the river is protected. You can't just go out to your property and throw a dock up. You need permit. Yeah. You need permits to pull invasive species from the river. You need a place to put those invasive species. So, you know, Emmy Farms this year stepped up huge and took all that and put it on their property. Uh, the biggest problem we had this year, so again, we found a way with the money, and that was huge. That was huge, you know, that was a, a real, we were very fortunate to be able to do that. We don't often have that ability. The The sad thing is we, um, back to the state for a second, they decided to make these administrative decisions, cutting funding. That means that the pressure to receive permits becomes even greater because the local municipalities have to do something about it. And all we can do is keep our fingers crossed that, hey, Cuyahoga County is going to do the same diligence that we intend to do for our residents. They're going to do for theirs. But if they don't, Cuyahoga County is a great partner. But if they don't, that's a problem. So no matter what we do, we're going to, it's going to just keep coming. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's The permitting was a huge thing. That actually delayed our effort to get in the water and start getting work done. Because um, we didn't have the permits and they didn't have the ability to issue the permits. They were unbelievably late. I think we were into June before they actually started issuing permits permits for the work that we wanted to do. And these permits, by the way, are very specific. You're going to harvest this much from this area, this much. It's all about the, the ecosystem that they own but they don't want to pay for the invasive species to be pulled out. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm being very polite right now, but it's very frustrating because if we find money like this, I hate to, I hate to be, you know, picking up the pieces for the state. I'd rather be doing something that County and, and look, it's great that we did it and we're proud that we did it. And we also understand that this is going to be something that uh, we better make sustainable somehow. So our office of the environment, County's office of environment is doing great work trying to find ways to make this 
uh, new uh, responsibility about Adaga County more sustainable from a financial standpoint. Good. Um, so I want to jump because, like you said, we have limited yeah. time today. So you mentioned financial. Do you want to switch switch over to the budget? I know you, there was a couple things you wanted to talk about. As well. I can make that quick. Guess what, guys? It's budget time, right? And it's always, you know, it's it's it, it's always aligned with. I, I think there's a conspiracy. <laughs> there's it's election season and it's it's budget season. Budget. There's a lot of work that goes into, especially with legislative leadership, leading up to budget. And then when you actually start the process, when the county executive comes in and says, here's what we think the 2021, 2022 budget looks like. He makes a formal presentation to us, hands it over. At that point, the budget becomes ours. And at that point, we make decisions about the budget. Um, kind of coincident with that, and, and there's been a lot of things in the media about it, is the American Rescue Funds and plans for use of that money. You know, this week we saw, uh, last week, last week, we saw uh, plans unveiled for a uh, renovation of, of Hopkins Road softball park into a massive uh, soccer and lacrosse uh, tournament destination. Really good idea, really good plan. All they did was put the idea on the table, but now the legislature has to get to work with the administration determining, okay, well, what are we really going to do? Are we going to do anything? I think it's a, I think it's a good project. I really do. I think it's a project that's going to yield um, lots of, 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 of new revenue to our community in a very positive way. Uh, we're not going to have to borrow to build it. We've got money that that we're, we can actually use to do this through the American Rescue Fund funding. And, uh, there's all kinds of criticism coming out about it. There's all kinds of uh, praise coming out about it. Um, now we're entering a time where we're going to do a billion three county budget. We're going to figure out how to do a $25 million or if we do a $25 million uh, sports complex. And um, so it's exciting and busy times. And oh yeah, there's an election in the middle of that, that, you know, guys like me aren't going to have a second to be able to think about because we're too busy working on this stuff, but Hey, that's the way it goes. Right. Um, Price of leadership, I guess. But in any event, um, it's it's an exciting time. Uh, I always do my best to bring things back here that help the town, that help the village, not just the town of Lysander, but of course, Van Buren. I can't talk about Lysander without talking about Van Buren. I'd be a fool if I if I didn't, right? And, um, and also, of course, the town of Clay. And I have a little tiny piece of town of Clay that I'm responsible for, like uh, the Kimbrook area and a little bit up there. So, um, Budget time is my favorite time of year when it's not during an election season or there isn't a pile of capital projects on our desk. The last thing I'll mention about the finances, Shelley, is that um, there are people talking about other programs, other services, other um, initiatives um, being that, that they're being neglected for these economic development type um, initiatives. I got news for everybody. That is completely and patently untrue. Okay. Um, there just yesterday, there was more talk yesterday, the day before more talk of the millions of dollars we are bringing through this, this funding, the stimulus or uh, rest ARP funding um, to the schools. Our kids have been, it's, it's, it's impossible for us to really understand the impact that our kids have experienced through COVID. 
the loss of socialization, the loss of being able to do the things that kids normally do, be in the marching band, play football, play basketball, soccer, whatever it is they do, you know, hang out with their friends. They, they, they may able to do any of that. They lost years. They lost graduations. They lost sports seasons. Some of them have lost the ability to play sports in college because they didn't have a way to showcase themselves at the time when this is all going on. So um, we've got millions devoted to that. We've got millions devoted to bringing uh, uh, broadband to the rural reaches of Onondaga County. What a wonderful project. Kids in those rural reaches, in many, many instances, you know, Lysander is a has a certain demographic, right? But if you get out there a little bit, you can see, you know, the, 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 the economic disparity. Go down in the southern parts of the county and other areas like that, or the northern, most northern reaches, reaches of our county, and you'll see they lack the resources financially. They lack the resources from an infrastructure standpoint to very simply have internet access. How does a kid in school that wants to do something with their life, how do they keep up if they have to go to the public library to get on the internet? So, so these things people are complaining about, I suggest they do their homework because these things are being addressed too and they're very meaningful and, um, um, and we're taking them very seriously. I mean, you're, they're, I'm not going to get into the details of, of the impact on kids and the things that we see and read about and hear, but we all know it's out there yeah. and it's very real and it's very sad uh, in some instances. Um, you know, parents still have to work. Parents still have to do what they have to do to take care of their families. And that, there again, you're cutting these kids off from how they could and should be living, you know? So um, for me, we dodged a bullet a little bit. Our youngest was just getting out, but he lost his senior year of, of graduation and baseball and all the stuff that, that he loves with passion that I can't even describe. Gone, <laughs> take it from him. You know, yeah. so so first year of college sucked, positively sucked. You know, mass quarantines. There, Brian, who are not going to college because the first year was so bad. Because as you know, Jordan graduated with your your yeah, youngest. Right. Your youngest. Mm -hmm. uh, he was fine because he's very much introverted, so he fit right in, not having to make friends or <laughs> you know. So some kids, you know, I don't want to say it's detriment to every child, but um. But the, I know that there's some kids that our boys went to school with that just decided college wasn't for them. And it's like, was that decision made because they weren't really given that experience, the online learning, the stay in your dorms and go get food, bring it back to your dorms type of a, a living. So just to emphasize that a little bit in case people weren't aware of what it was like to have a senior during those. Yeah, I mean, and look, we all know there are worse problems in the world, but, yes. but, but we're in a position serving the public to all of this into consideration and by the way our economic sustainability is something we really need to take into consideration so if we can create a source of revenue for this county that keeps your customers property taxes low our neighbors property taxes low and continue to fund county services without having to raise those property taxes we need to take a hard look at that yeah all right and so so that's what we're doing with those monies that's how we're looking at this next budget enough about that. I just wanted to kind of just tee it all up. There'll be more to talk about in a month or so with respect to the budget, Shelly. And I'm probably sure, I'm sure it'll probably be very exciting stuff. Um, even the things we scratched on here, we could probably talk about for hours if we wanted to. <laughs>
And I'm sure you don't want to do that, but you know what I'm saying? And nobody wants to listen to me that long anyways, but you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. So that just a heads up that it's, that it's all coming in our plate and we are looking at the very big picture, despite what, unfortunately, you know how it is. Politics prevail way too much these days and we get distracted by, by that instead of the meat and potatoes that we're truly doing every day. So I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I just, I'm nothing fancy about me. So, you know, I just want to talk about this stuff. And I think it's important for people to know about it too. Well, in the next month or two, um, I'm sure they'll be interested, but you had talked again, uh, leading into the next segue that you wanted to mention, which is uh, COVID and, you know, mandates being putting in place. Uh, You're right. And, and I guess what I want to say about that is, and again, all of these issues I just talked about, my phone has been ringing pretty steadily. And I encourage people to call me. Let's talk about it. Vent, scream and yell at me, whatever you want to say. Um, uh, I can give people advice on what works and what doesn't as far as trying to get the ear of government and the ear of people that actually have an influence over outcomes that people want to have. You know, um, public health and COVID is, uh, has become of late a, a, a giant concern for many people. Um, I, I personally believe government is on the verge of, of, of overreach um, in that, you know, we're at a point now where the difference between the vaccinated and unvaccinated in most cases um, is defined by philosophical beliefs because everybody's had an opportunity if they want. Onondaga County is miles ahead of most places in the way we report data. And I really, you know, I got to tip my hat to Ryan for that. Um, you know, we, he's, exceedingly transparent with the data that goes out to our community about positive cases, um, um, uh, hospitalizations, deaths, unfortunately, and things like that. So people are getting the straight shot on what's happening here. No smoke, no mirrors, no nothing. The data is right there for all of us. And like many, I'm a little encouraged to see a potential plateau having taken place. Again, it's September 23rd, but um, and we keep our fingers crossed, say our prayers, whatever we do um, to, to hope we keep moving in that direction. Because more than anything, you know, we need this economy moving forward. I'm pointing, I'm pointing to the world. You can't see it. We need the economy uh, moving forward. We need um, we want people healthy. We want kids living a normal life. But in the meantime, we all have thoughts and ideas and we want to share them. OK. And, and I think it's important for folks to know this is kind of how it works. Public health policy is advised, provided, in Ondog County, that is, for the county executive to make, ultimately make determination. The public health department works for the county executive, okay? Um, and those, that's where the decisions are made. The Onondaga County Legislature has virtually no role in that. What I have is a working relationship with the county executive. And when things are important to people, and he and I can have an opportunity to talk about it. I'm meeting with him a little later today. We talk about these things, okay? And I share what I hear as um, at least a pair of the feet on the street serving county government, right? Um, and that's 
that's what I can do. It's just say, hey, Ryan, you know, think about this. Dave Knapp and I were, were instrumental, for example, in uh, spring sports. When uh, we were at one point in this, you know, everybody gets lost in the shuffle. And at one point, I think I think the, the, the outdoor athletes and I'm an old jock guy, whatever. And, you know, that stuff is important to me. And to hear the kids are outside playing lacrosse with masks on kind of had me scratching my bald head a little bit, you know, just saying, come on, do we really need to do that? You know? Um, and, and then there was some testing exceeding really excessive testing requirements, things like that, that, and it wasn't just lacrosse, it was other sports, but I heard from lacrosse people in particular, just because I know some and, and they know where to go when they want um, access. So long story short, um, you know, Dave and I were able to get the County Ryan to, to his decision, always his decision, but at least we we're able to share anecdotally what we've learned from our, our, our constituents and our neighbors and residents about the situation and implored him to try to do something different so that these kids could have some semblance of normalcy, you know, during last spring in athletics. Um, and I think it was okay as a result, you know, and, and, and again, he listens, he hears and he responds, you know, um, but as I said, public health department reports to the county executive. County executive puts down these things. The governor, I should say, the state health department advises the governor with what policy should be had. The governor sets that policy, and that policy trumps all. Okay? You'll see tweaks locally. I think a good example was Ryan saying uh, one day, not too long ago, that kids were going to have to mask in school. His decision, it was a tough one. Um, the guy is a parent of very young kids, and he's very committed to making sure the kids can go to school. Whatever it takes is, is his perspective. And um, um, and that's what he did. So people were, some people were mad at Ryan for a couple of days Um for the decision he made that, that, that many believe was for the greater good. Um, uh, but I think it was maybe two or three days later, the governor said schools are wearing masks. So, so much for Ryan's edict, governor trumped up. Again, the legislature has virtually no role in that, in, in that kind of policy. We're here to, to, to do the things we're talking about, make budget, set a path for strategic direction, uh, with the funding that we have, either through state, federal, you know, American Rescue Funds, whatever the case may be, we set that financial strategy, if you will, through the budget and manage that throughout the year. We set some some holistic strategy or or, or, or guidelines for county government through policy through the year. But by and large, um, people need to talk. But the state government, I guess this is the second time I'm saying this today. If you have strong views on these things, they got to get to the governor. I think they have to get to the governor. And the way you get to the governor is through the New York state legislature. Here again, our legis state legislature has no role in this. They don't, they can't, they, they don't, you know, we don't, the legislators, state, local, whatever, um, don't manage the day-to-day -day business. They manage policy. So, so um, the day-to-day -day business is by the governor, county executive, mayors, health supervisors, whatever. And, and so um, 
in this instance, because it's a major concern, healthcare workers are facing a crazy dilemma right now. Despite all the data, well, I'll finish my sentence. Despite a lot of data that says they may be the most immune out there right now. There's other drugs out there that might not offend people's personal constitutions or offend their view and what their constitutional rights are. We're not talking about those things. But if you want them talked about, contact the state delegation. And by that, I mean your assemblymen, your, 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 your state senators. Let them know what you're thinking. Like me, <laughs> you're going to get an aid. Okay. Uh, but that's okay. Just give them your thoughts. It's worth it. Um, if you, if you, if you, if you, I'll listen all day long. I promise I will. I'll call anybody who calls me back. Um, but my, my scope is super limited. Our scope is super, super limited, but we can be advocates for the, for the folks that want to want to call. So I'm available. My teammates are available. Um, but we all need to keep pressing our, our state legislature to keep pressing the governor um, to just do what's right and to take into account everything that's going on um, and, and take into account the best interest of the folks that they are serving. Um, at one point, I think I said politics seems to prevail a little too much in, in, in any of the discussions we're, we're having today. And, uh, that is sure the case with, with this. And, and that's unfortunate. You know, um, it's hard to tell what the truth is anymore. Well, and I think, honestly, that's the problem. Is most of us don't know what the truth is half the time. I agree. I agree. I work very hard. I, I, I rely on heart, home and community for my, my, my local news these days, because it's hard to get it anywhere else. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, and, you know, whether it's local or national, it's, it's just really tough to get the straight shot on things. I rely on myself and conversations with people who I think know because it's, it's just tough. And again, you know, our teachers are super concerned. OK, they're staring down the barrel of a, ma of a VAX mandate. Um, healthcare workers, my goodness, what is going to happen if they can't show up to work on Monday? Yeah. I'm worried. We have a situation right now, and I know we're just about out of time, where ambulances, ambulances rolled out of our community, as an example, Baldsville, but it could be any township around or village, are waiting three and four hours to transfer patients, sometimes more, because the healthcare staff is so short to begin with. And now we're going to shorten it even more. What are we doing to ourselves? As it is, there's a lot of us that think these folks are, are pretty gutsy heroes for doing what they do every day, putting themselves at risk under these circumstances. And now we're telling them they can't come to work and do this for us. I just talked to a guy from the 170. You're going to think I'm crazy. Uh, 174th, who is in a situation of um, serious, uh, a serious dilemma where he may have his livelihood affected by this. He's serving our country, putting his life on the line, and he may not be able to do that anymore unless he gets vaccinated. Now, may, may, may right. is the operative word. Um, I just wish things could be better. You know, um, it's Mother Nature with the water, with the COVID, and and, and so on. But um, I wish things would be better. I, I hope 
our leadership over and above, you know, the big, the big folks, our leadership finds ways to make great decisions. Uh, but in the meantime, people need to let their representatives know and I'm talking about the state level when it comes to COVID and things like that. So that was kind of a public service announcement on how to get your voice heard, but well, I'm here, to, here, here to listen every day too, but. I think that um, I think it was good to put out there because, you know, you're the person that's in front of us. So it's easy, not easy to call you, but people will call you and say, do something about this. And to your point, not that you won't, you just don't have the louder voice. Whereas with COVID, it's more of the the state. So just to. Just I don't to even have the legal authority, authority Shelly. Yeah. You know, even within county government, we do not have the legal authority to really do that. So it's it's very limiting. But. Um, and frustrating. Right. But and and. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I'm the last guy that should have the answers. You know, I, I just, I just, um, I don't know. Just people need to live their lives, you know, and um, get the satisfaction they deserve from their their, their uh, elected officials. However, that um, is defined by them, you know. So, anyways. Well, I, as always, appreciate all the information that you that you share. And um, and I know we probably went a little bit longer than you intended uh, just because you are busy. But I, I can't even stress that I, I always appreciate when you do have time to come in and give us an update. And I will be hounding you in a couple months to um, to hear what's going on with the budget. So, yeah, no, that, that'll be an exciting conversation. You know, toward the end of October, we should have some things to talk about. All right. Definitely. OK. All right. Thank Thanks you. for having me. I, I always enjoy this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Me too. I'll talk right. to you soon. Bye. Take care, Shelly.